Hello, and welcome to Two Dudes That Need to Pass a Class podcast. And today, we're going to be talking about a book, a very special book. The last written book by J.R.R. Tolkien, The Simulrillion. I said that wrong, probably, but it doesn't matter. Um, It's a very difficult book to read, uh, mainly due because Tolkien never finished it. Uh, Tolkien, you know, just kept writing and nothing was really pieced together and after Tolkien died uh his son put it together into a book yeah it creates this um really nice kind of format between the chapters where it's like different journal entries and stories told from different perspectives but it all ties together yeah um dialogue uh it's really hard to read it's a lot like the bible in that sense there's a lot of thou hither dust and fun words like that that people don't use nowadays because this book is basically the bible for middle earth it's the entire history of all the gods and the valor which are from the main god iluvatar and there's a lot of them mm-hmm. um iluvatar kind of it, with the way that the book starts is it gives a little bit of background information and um, and then it falls into Ilvatar creating the valor with his thoughts and their whole kind of purpose is to make music and this music creates, um, you know, terrain and like people and interactions between people. It creates everything. So Ilavatar creates this thing called the world's fire and it's this you know it's the most gorgeous thing and it, it would be like our sun um and all the valor desire it so he puts it in the core of the world and he tells the valor that the that they can go into the world to pursue the world fire um but they wouldn't be able to play their music yeah yeah because basically he creates them with their thoughts and they create things from music that he taught them and through this music we learn the main villain of the book uh melkor uh one of the most powerful in the valor he tries to make his own music and basically gets condemned by luvatar is like hey don't do that man um and then once they go in to create the earth um, they first get shown a vision of like how beautiful Earth is, and they get sent to that you know the the fire of the world or whatever. The world's fire. The world's yeah. fire, and the, out of that they use their music to basically build Middle Earth, and that's the entire history of the creation of it. Um, there's great wars uh, in the plot uh, between Melkor and all the other Valor because of how powerful he is, and just tons of that. There's so many names throughout the book. Uh, one huge reason why it's a very difficult book to read, just the index of names takes up like a tenth of the book, and it's a really thick book. And um, then, yeah, it shows up background, so if you're a really big Lord of the Rings fan, you recognize things like Sauron, the big villain in Lord of the Rings. Um, Melkor basically creates him, and that's why we don't see Melkor, but we see Sauron in the other books. Um... And through the conflict between Melkor and the Valor, um, two main cities arise. And uh, 
Melkor's capital is an assortment of forts, where Sauron is a commander and leads the southern fort. Um, the Valar create one capital, Talaron, I believe, and it's where, it's kind of like our heaven, where Melkor's forts would be our hell, and they're just kind of envisioned and brought to life in that way. Um, and when the firstborn arrive to Earth, uh, I can't remember the Valor's name that goes to get them, but he's a master hunter and he retrieves them, kind of, and leads them to Talaron, uh, where they're split into five groups. Each five become a different kind of sub-race of elves. Uh, the main one that reaches becomes the one that we know from the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah, we learned the history. Yeah, the firstborn uh, is the elves, and there's also the humans, which were both envisioned by Luvatar, and we learned why their characters and their personalities are the way in the other books and movies mm -hmm. is because, you know, like, elves are immortal, but humans are mortal and, like, have more feelings because they fear death and things like that. Mm -hmm. But one thing that he didn't envision was uh, dwarves. That was an entire thing created by another uh, Valor. And after he did it, you know, he was like, crap, I wasn't supposed to do this. And goes to slay them, but because they fear him, Iluvatar says, you can spare them. And mm -hmm. just basically he hides them away until the firstborn comes to Middle-earth. And that's how we get dwarves, humans, and elves. Um, there's a huge uh, plot between uh, this main character that's you know, finds this girl he loves. It's a very classic story. And the father says, you can't uh, marry my daughter unless you uh, find these Silmarils. And we learn about the Silmarils. Uh, I feel like it was really brief, even though it's mm -hmm. like the name of the book. Because yeah. Yavanna makes these uh, pillars of light that Melkor destroys, and uh, then she makes like these beautiful like trees. Yeah. And out of that, um, there's Silmarils. Um, there's a specific number, and they're like one of the rarest things ever. Mm -hmm. And so uh, there's a huge plot of getting to that, but well, the Silmarils are kind of uh, Yavanna's life force, or it's told like that but she can only have so much of this light to put into objects and different forces. So she creates yep. the two pillars, the two trees, and the Silmarils, which were supposed to be an offering to um, Talaron. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of parallels between this uh, mythological uh, story and like Greek mythology and even the Bible. Um, Melkor follows the exact same character arc as... Uh, Lucifer or Satan, basically, where he was in this high up position out of all the angels. Um, he thinks that he deserves more power and is like, hey, I'm better than the main guy. And basically gets condemned. Same way Melkor, you know, defies his true reason of being and tries to make his own thing and basically wants to spread darkness over Middle Earth. Very similar in that way. And then we have each different valor. Um, which are basically different gods, just like kind of like Greek mm -hmm. gods where, you know, you have like Poseidon, which is like the guy of the water and all, the ocean. And then we have Olmo, who like, who like builds up the ocean is basically the like water itself. 
Mm-hmm. And then you have uh, the valor of the wind. Yvonne is like the nature person. There's like the huntress and just the longest list of all of them that you could... It honestly could... Like, Tolkien probably envisioned it to be different books. Like, yeah. easily. Where, yeah. like, you have the mythology of it. Then you have the true story of them trying to hunt and find for the Cimmerils. Um, we get to see a lot of Sauron in this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually learn of, like, a power he never had. Where he could uh, basically, like, turn into, like, a human. And, like, could infiltrate. And, like, he, he looked like man. So, uh, they never knew he was evil. And we basically learned that's how, uh, when all the rings were created, he was undercover doing that. And that's how he got his ring of power. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, what, like, 20, 30-something power rings? Yeah, nine for um, man, uh, seven for the dwarves, and three for the elves. Yeah, yeah, a big number of them. And then, yeah, um, yeah there's a lot to the story. Yeah. Um, is the Cimmerillion an easy read? Definitely not. Uh, it takes a lot of time to get through. Yeah, and the way that the words are kind of, I don't know how to say it the right way, but the way that they're pieced together and the way that the, the sentences are structured, it, it makes it really difficult to read and almost like you have to read it two, three times just to understand what's happening. Yeah, like, as I was reading through it, I was trying to make a list of all the characters, because that's something I always yeah. struggle with, is, like, learning character names. And the fact that we're not even at, like, the real plot of the Silmarils, and we're just learning, like, all the gods, like, I ran out of paper space, trying yeah. to write everything, everything about the characters. Like, uh, just, you know, the, the index of names is so huge. And each god has, like, several names for them, too. So you each race will call a god by a different name. Yeah, because so. there's like that spiritual name, there's the elvish name, then there's like the human name, and there's a dwarfish name. Yeah, yeah. So they could be saying like a name you like you've heard like once or twice, and you're like, "crap, who is this guy again?" Yeah, and it's just because they're using a different name for him. Um, a lot of um the story, it follows like a loose string of the lineage, and that kind of keeps it progressing forward. But um, it follows how the elves, you know, how the high king of the elves, uh, Felcon, became Elrond, and sort of the paths that they took to get to Middle-earth, because it follows their journey from um, the ocean to mm-hmm. Talaron, back to Middle-earth, and eventually they kind of split off and will settle in different places. But because of the immortality of the elves, they take a higher position in power mm-hmm. um and are the first age yeah yeah and then we one one kind of race that we kind of forgot about was like all the wizards yeah yeah they're basically created to like help defend from like melkor and sauron just the evil mm-hmm. and keep the peace and the envisionment of what iluvatar wanted Mm-hmm. Um and they're given like immortality and like special powers and stuff and they're mm-hmm. really wise. There's yeah. only seven total, I believe. Yeah, some number like that. Um, it's you know there's, there's like not many. there's yeah. like a specific number of valor and then they each have their own queens mm-hmm. and then there's a specific number of rings, specific <laughs> number of uh wizards. Yeah. And it's just yeah, it's really hard to pay attention to that. Um, it's hard to know who also is like uh, allied with someone because um there are so many different high kings that are settled in different places and have different 
you know, powers and allies, and it's, mm-hmm. it's a big mess. Yeah, it's, it's honestly a really difficult read. Um, yeah, I can see it being very fun if you're such a huge Lord of the Rings fan, to where you're like, oh, I know every name, I know it by heart already, mm-hmm. to where reading it, like, isn't difficult for you because you're so interested. But uh, with my not super big interest, like, I've seen all the movies, I've read The Hobbit, I really like The Hobbit. Um, I don't know if I like, I don't think I really like this book at all. Yeah, it was very difficult to read. Um, I actually liked it quite a bit. Yeah. Like, it's it's insanely difficult to follow, but if you're able to just kind of get past some of the nuances in the language, I think it can be really nice if you're into Lord of the Rings because it gives you that background information and it's mm-hmm. kind of that... Um, it's fulfilling. It's very fulfilling and satisfying. Yeah. Um... And then there's, like, this, like, so we get, like, the whole background of all the mythology that, honestly, should have been, like, its own book. Because it, it feels like it's, like, really lacking a plot. It's just, like... Yeah, it's stories that this, are this stringed this, together. Yeah, right? Yeah. Because yeah. it, it wasn't all supposed to be one book. Uh, Tolkien, you know, just had different things written together. So putting it in one book was, honestly, probably just a fan service more than anything. Yeah. Um, we do get, like, a real good plot with, like, the whole fight for the Cimmerils... Yeah. yeah, there are a couple of stories that stand out, and mm-hmm. I think that they're mostly in the beginning, and that relieves it, like, you don't get the same amount of satisfaction from the end as you do the beginning, because it's so lacking, and by the end it gets kind of dry. Yeah. Um. Would you recommend this book to people? I don't think I would. It's just so difficult to read. Yeah, no. Anyone that's, like, already a big Lord of the Rings fan is, like, super nerded about it, and, like, you recommend it to them, but it's, like, they already know about it. They're mm-hmm. already going to read it. Um, just just for, like, a normal book to read, this probably isn't that fun of a book to read. Um, if you want something difficult and more challenging, though, I think it's a great read. If you're slightly interested in the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Because it takes a lot of, like, real-world applications, like the Greek mythology, the Bible, and it ties them into a story that's fantasy. Yeah, it is, like, ultimate fantasy background, which is, like, it's mad respect for Tolkien uh, for being able to, like, just think of all that, put piece it all together mm. with, like, not too much inspiration, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, rate the Cimmerillion out of all the Tolkien books. I think, uh, I mean, I think The Hobbit is just such a classic book, and it's its own story, but it still has impact to the rest. Yeah. I just don't think The Silmarillion really belongs in the Lord of the Rings series, because it it has those connections, but it it never really gets to any point right? where it's, it has impact, a real impact uh-huh. on any it doesn't, other stories. It doesn't feel like a real book. Yeah. It's like little stories and shorts that are, you know, all put together. Kind of like reading a mythology textbook. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, overall, um, it was kind of painful to read for me, but I got through it. Um, tried to maintain some information, but it's it's kind of cool now. When I go to back watch some movies, I'll be like, hey, I know why you're there. Yeah, yeah. I know why your twin brother acts like that. Yeah. Because the whole history of the book. 
Yeah, I definitely, um, I liked reading it. I liked the extra challenge behind it, but I definitely would want to read it over, like, the span of a year, you know, and not yeah. try and cram it into right. a small amount of time. Yeah, because for me, I already, like, suck at reading to where I have to reread the same page twice because mm-hmm. I wasn't paying attention. And with this, you know, you miss out and you're like, who is this guy? There's five new characters. Yeah, you know, you have to go back and you're like, oh, they're not even important two two pages later. Yeah. But yeah, I think that concludes this podcast. Yeah.